This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's the afternoon get down called Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm just merely Freddie Coleman presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Yesterday, Jets head coach Rob South said this about the future of Zach Wilson. Has Zach shown you enough to keep him as the starter going Yeah, forward? he's fine. That's not uh, and what, at what point do you just decide maybe, you know, you don't want to let the season get away from you? So do you continue to go, like, if it continues to go in this bad direction? We're, we're still we're still early in the season. You know, we knew that even, even with Aaron at quarterback, we knew that there was going to be some hiccups along the way. Because- so that was yesterday. What did he say today? Find out in 10 minutes here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. But when it comes to today, we got not one but two Monday Night Football games. You got Tampa Bay and Philadelphia on the other side, on one side in Tampa Bay. On the other side of Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of questions wondering what is going to be the status of Joe Burrow, who's dealing with a calf strain, playing tonight and not playing tonight for Cincinnati. Let's bring in Ben Baby Baby, ESPN Cincinnati Bengals reporter. Hit him on social media at Ben underscore Baby. Ben, what is the latest regarding Joe Burrow and if he's going to play or not play tonight for Cincinnati versus the Rams? You know, that's, that's a big question, Freddie, tonight. And, and looking at it, we're still waiting to see what that game status will be for Burrow. Looks like they're going to take it up until uh, the inactive uh, report, which will be out about 90 minutes before kickoff. Uh, you know, uh, our Laura Rutledge, who's doing the game tonight on Monday Night Football, talked to Zach Taylor a little while ago and said that they were going to make a determination or they were going to make an announcement, I should say, uh, around that time. And, you know, I think the big thing throughout the course of the week, you know, when I asked Joe about what he needed to feel and see in order to feel good about playing on Monday night, he said that he wanted to get a, a practice in and, and really be able to run around on it. Now, the thing about that is he was a limited participant on Thursday and Friday's practices. So did he get enough work? Is it rested enough? I think these are all questions that we're going to need answered, and we'll see uh, what they end up trotting out on the field here in a few minutes. So, Ben, if Burrow can't go tonight, what should we be expecting to see from Jake Browning in his NFL debut? Yeah, you know, Jake Browning was a guy that the Bengals coaching staff really wanted to see if he could be the number two quarterback, even when they brought in Trevor Simeon, a veteran, this uh, offseason. They wanted to see what Browning could do, and over the course of training camp preseason, he did just enough. I think the big thing with him is that he is a, a very mobile quarterback, a guy that is uh, really excellent with his speed. I think it's going to be up to him to extend plays and, and also kind of see what he was down there. And talking to uh, Bengals wide receiver Steve Higgins leading up to this game about what the offense might look like, you know, obviously it's going to be up to those receivers to give uh, Browning or whoever the quarterback is, even if it's Burrow, you know, make sure that they're hitting their landmarks, running their routes crisply, you know, uh, getting that separation to help their quarterback out. But if they have to lean on the run game, he said they've got to be good in the run game, be good giving them uh, the, the good blocks that the running backs, particularly Joe Mixon, is going to need in order to keep this offense afloat if Jake Brown is going to be back there. Yeah, that's my next question. Is this a game that you get a sense of, okay, if Jake Browning is out there, that this is the Joe Mixon game, right? That This is when this offensive line has to really make their money because they haven't been phenomenal this season, but they have to lean on Joe Mixon a lot more tonight if there's no Joe Burrow. Yeah, you know, I think that's the, that's the logical approach. And, and I'll be honest, I think Mixon's played really well these first couple of games. We've seen him uh, break first tackles, make guys miss. I think this is the best he's looked in quite some time. I think that, you know, with everybody wondering if he should even be on the roster for, for on and off the field reasons, I think he's come out and proved 
uh, why he wanted to stay in Cincinnati, why he took a pay cut to be on the roster uh, for the upcoming season. He's come out and, and played uh, very efficiently. And I think if the Bengals are able to use him throughout the course of the game and, and limit the amount of dropbacks, you know, the Rams are going to have Aaron Donald causing a ruckus in the middle of that uh, line of scrimmage. And the, the more you can shorten that game, the less you can put your quarterback at risk, whether that be Burrow or Browning, I think that's going to be huge. So, you know, I think using Mixon tonight would be, a, would be a key strategy for them. Ben Baby, ESPN Cincinnati Bengals reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Ben underscore Baby, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. What, what is the temperature of this team? In my mind, Ben, it's a must-win game because this team's already started 0-2 for the fourth time in the last five years. Yeah, I think that they're trying to balance the uh, the sense of urgency with the with the without the desperation. You know, when you look at it, the Bengals have not lost three straight games since they've been a Super Bowl contender. You go back to that twenty one season, they had a couple of two game hiccups where they dropped back to back games. They were able to rally. Then Zach Taylor talked about the resilience and, and kind of why this locker room is the way it is. But when you talk to guys in there, they understand that you cannot let. The, uh, the amount of losses snowball, especially when you have the aspirations that they do. And, and, you know, I asked Burrow about that point blank. I said, given the start, does that maybe increase your sense of urgency to potentially play on Monday night? And he said that's something that he thinks about for sure. So I think there's a lot of components going into this. But at the same time, you know, this is a team that as long as they feel like as long as they get in, uh, they feel and Burrow is healthy, you know, especially talking to Jamar Chase, and the receivers, that's the number one thing. As much as the, the loss is, you know, is, is a factor, they want Burrow to be healthy because they feel like when he's on the field, as we've seen over the last couple of years, they're, they're capable of playing with anybody in the NFL. And I think we all have the sense that if the Cincinnati Bengals are able to make the playoffs, that they're going to be able to make noise. That's what history, that's what the last few years have shown us as well. But when I'm looking at the AFC North and you see the Pittsburgh Steelers 2-1, and the Ravens 2-1, and the Cleveland Browns 2-1, and you look at this game tonight on Monday Night Football versus the Los Angeles Rams. Is this a must-win if they, if they want their Super Bowl aspirations and opportunity to win everything in 2023? Is this a must-win tonight for the, for, for the Bengals? I don't. I hesitate to say it's a must-win because there's still going to be 14 games left after after this. I mean, we saw last year. I don't think anybody thought they were going to close the regular season by winning eight straight games, um, and, and they were they were about as hot as anybody uh, going into that AFC Championship game against Kansas City in that rematch. So I think, like I said, as long as they get in, I think they feel like they have a good shot of getting back to the Super Bowl, which is a this tonight's game is a rematch of the Super Bowl 56 game in which the Rams won. But in terms of trying to get that division, I do think if you lose this game, that's going to be a lot more difficult. And the Bengals have won the division in back-to-back years. And if you go 0-3 here, this is going to be a problem. And I'll be quite honest, if you're a championship team like the Bengals believe they are, even though you may not have your starting quarterback, I believe you should be able to beat a team like the Rams. You should be able to do, uh, beat Arizona, which they're going to have uh, in a couple of weeks. You see Tennessee's been struggling. So theoretically, if this is a championship team, we'll see what the sum of their parts looks like during this three-game stretch. He's an FOS friend of the show. He has been Baby Baby, ESPN Cincinnati Bengals reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Ben underscore Baby, getting us ready for Rams Bengals in Cincinnati. That game at 8-15 tonight on ESPN and ESPN2. Always appreciate you, Ben. Enjoy the game as well. Take care and be well, my man. I appreciate y'all having me on. And Ben Baby, part of the Monday Night Football preview involving those Bengals and Rams, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. 
Don't do yourself a favor at visitingprogressive.com. Reports start to trickle in a little bit when it comes to Harry tonight's game involving Joe Burrow that he may try to play, or at least he's going to try to play with Ooh. that calf less than 100%. Well, that's... That's a dicey one, man, because when you look at Joe Burrow, he is the face of this franchise. He has the richest contract in NFL history, and there's a reason for that, right? When you have a guy that you know for the next 10 years is probably going to be your guy leading the charge and, mm-hmm. and, and, and being everything that you hoped this franchise had before he got there, I, I, I don't know if I can risk that. I, I understand you're, you're 0-2 right now, and – your division is, is is looking very, very positive for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I could risk my franchise like that. Yeah, if we put it this way, Joe Burrow, whatever clearance he tried to get or whatever pleading and begging he did, he may be getting his way according oh, to the Oh, he hit the key sweat. Oh, yeah, he did the whole, uh, you know, he did the baby, baby, baby. Can baby. love you like me? Exactly, yeah, he did the whole twisted. <laughs> he did all that. He, he even did something just ain't right. If he ain't playing, he did that whole thing <laughs> when it comes to Joe Burrow getting in touch with his inner Keith Sweat. So we know no matter what happens tonight, he's going to be their quarterback, barring a disastrous injury for the next 10 to 15 years. Most Jets fans don't want Zach Wills to be their quarterback for the next 10, 15 seconds. Who? They are done exactly. Well, who would be better quarterback than Zach Wilson <laughs> right now in the three years that we've seen? And yeah, I'm saying that, that as a New York Jets fan. Now, yesterday, after Zach Wilson was 18 to 36, 157 yards, Jets were two for 14 on third down. They were one for 10 in those situations last week when they played the Dallas Cowboys in that 15 to 10 loss to the New England Patriots. They're now one and two, and let's be honest. If Josh Allen doesn't throw the football game away by the Buffalo Bills, they're 0 and 3. Yesterday, Robert Salad said this about Zach Wilson being the quarterback in the near and far future. Has Zach shown you enough to keep him as the starter going? Yeah, he's fine. That's not uh, at, what, at what point do you just decide maybe, you know, you don't want to let the season get away from you? So do you continue to go, like, if it continues to go in this bad direction? We're, we're still we're still early in the season. You know, we knew that even, even with Aaron at quarterback, we knew that there was going to be some hiccups along the way because of the new offense, new play caller, new line, new 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 just new players all over the uh, offense side of the ball and now you've got this curveball that was sent to us and so there's you know they're they're acclimating and they're they're going to get better but it's still very early in the season that was then what about monday about zach wilson being the quarterback after what he did and did not do well yesterday. One thing I'm going to give him credit for is that he had a turnover-free game yesterday. He had no turnover-worthy throws from my recollection. And because of that, we were in position and had the ball at midfield with 140 to go and two timeouts to go win the game because we played a clean game of football on the uh, offensive side of the ball and uh, were able to win the field position battle in the second half. You can never be too boring, in my opinion, when you have the ball in your hands. He's our on-question quarterback, guys. Like As long as he continues to show his preparation – the way he's been practicing, mm-hmm. and even in these games, guys, like he's not the reason why we lost uh, yesterday. It's always a team effort. And um, as long as he continues to show improvement, and I know it's not from a box score standpoint, it's not showing anything. It's not showing he's going to be our quarterback. That's when you know how bad a guy is. When you say the best thing he did yesterday. The one thing, no, Freddie, not the best. <laughs> yeah. The one right. thing that he Correct. did. The one Forrest thing yesterday. he did. Yeah. The right. Not the best. You're, you, let, let's take it away. Let's hit the rewind button. The one thing he did, the best thing he did yesterday, was not turn over the football. If that's the best thing, if that's the most positive thing you can say about him, Zach Wilson being quarterback for your team, because you have no plan C, because plan B is not working out now that it's plan A, 
That's why Robert Sala has to be the way he is because he knows I can't continue to tear this kid down when I clearly, clearly know he has no business being out there being a starting quarterback for our team. But also, like, as a, as a player, right, you know the truth, you know the real, you know the fake, right? So if you're mm-hmm. Zach Wilson and it's hard to not listen to everything that people are saying and you know that you aren't the reason why this t- team is winning – See, I understand what Robert Sala is saying. Like, of course, he played turnover-free football. That's what you want to do, right? But when you're the quarterback of this football team but you were drafted second overall and you're not the reason why they're winning either, right? Yeah. That, that's a hard pill sometimes to swallow. And I know he wakes up every day like, dang. Nobody like, likes what, me. Like, what can I do to help this football team win? But if I do too much, we're going to probably lose anyway. Well, stop stinking. You know, be better at your job. Because the one thing he can't do, he can't read defenses. Or After three not, years. Or he's just not the guy. Well, but, but as, he's just not that right, dude. As Reese Davis says on college game day, he's been ungood for three years yeah. with the New York Jets. He's been ungood. And people are tired of it. And to bring some memory to your memory, in the past five years, the Jets have used a third overall pick on a quarterback. Sam Donald, and then a second overall pick on a quarterback named Zach Wilson. That didn't work, so they traded two second-round picks, and now they're paying Aaron Rodgers $75 million for four plays before he got injured. Now they're probably going to be back to the second overall pick if this keeps on the New York Jets because this is the definition of insanity. Go out and get a talented person. Don't try to make someone who's not talented a talented quarterback. And that's what they did with the second pick in the draft when it came to Zach Wilson three years ago. Can I ask you a question? How can the Arizona Cardinals go find a Joshua Dobbs mm-hmm. and the way he played yesterday and actually the way he's playing this season, period, mm-hmm. and he looked the way he looked, and the Jets are still around here fooling around with Zach Wilson? Because they don't, they know how to coach a guy and what he does best so far at Arizona. They're trying to make Zach Wilson be better by having him do things he's not capable of, especially when he's showing that he can't be a capable starting quarterback. To win games for you, you need to win games for you in the National Football League. Let's think about it. The last Jets quarter that did anything like that was Super Bowl three with Joel Namath. Yeah. We got to go all the way back. 55 bleeping years. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. Okay. We did college game day from uh-huh. Texas and Alabama. Please tell me to meet Joe Namath. I did. I was in the room with We Joe can't Namath. be friends anymore. And, and, I, and I forgot to even. We can't be friends anymore. You I meet one of my football heroes and you don't say anything until a week and a half later, our friendship's <laughs> over. It's done. It's complete. Finito. Ansville, boss. Ansville. That's where the Jets have been, Ansville, ever since he won Super Bowl three back in 1968. Even Joe Willie Namath, the pride of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, in Western PA. He's tired of Zach Wilson. And he said as much on the Michael K. Show, ESPN New York, 98.7 FM. And listen, and it is gold. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made a wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there. Sitting down, throwing the book. It's ridiculous. You've got the wrong people playing and picking. He picked these people. Douglas picked these people. What's he going to do? Get rid of everybody. What are you going to start over? Uh, Mr. Johnson, hey, these guys aren't picking the right players. They're not doing a good job of coaching. 
It's evident. I mean, you, you got to look and see if you have an eye about football at all. You see things are haywire. It's too crazy. They need to fix it, and that's getting rid of a lot of people and bringing new ones in. Now, Freddie, the thing to me is that we know how Joe Namath is viewed upon when it comes to Jets fans, right? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a mm-hmm. a staple, a, mm-hmm. a iconic player for that organization. He's, he's the iconic player for that organization. He's saying that about Zach. Well, you don't think Zach Wilson hears that? Well, how, it, how can it, how can Zach had a <laughs> no no? I'm not saying what Joe Namath is what he's saying is, isn't right. Right. I'm just saying though, like. Zach Wilson in his confidence, I just don't think it's there like that. Well, like, I, yeah, I, I, Harry, I hear you, but if anything, Zach Wilson can hear that from Joe Namath. It's about what he's feeling in that locker room because that's been clear to me on the sidelines the last couple of weeks because these Jets players know, man, when we had Aaron Rodgers here, we knew we were going to be okay. No matter what kind of sins we had in the offensive line, no matter what kind of sins we may have had in the running back, no matter what kind of sins that Zach Wilson brought to the table, at least we had that guy that we know was great and was showing people and this team the way what it looked like to be around a winning quarterback, what it looked like to be around a winning player. And yet you can give me all the, well, Freddie, what has he done lately? He still has one thing those guys did not have in that locker room, the other 52, and that's a Super Bowl championship ring on his finger. So you can miss me with that, that whole thing. What has he done for me lately? His lately has been better than the present. When it comes to the quarterback of the New York Jets. And when that went up in flames, I guarantee you every player said, oh my God, we're going to have to go back to him, Zach Wilson. <laughs> and they tried the good ship lollipop routine. You know, he's our guy. We feel confident. We're going to help him. Even they were saying it out loud. But Harry, come on. You know, on the inside, they were saying, there's no way we can help that guy when he can't help himself and help this football team. And not even two games later, you got guys yelling at coach on the sidelines. You got Garrett Wilson saying, here's what we need to do. Then they go out and do it on that drive and get a touchdown. That's where they are because they know there's only so much we can say and do because that guy can't help us. And more importantly, that guy can't help himself. And, and to me, it's a bad place to be in when you feel like you have a team that can do some great things before the season start, mm-hmm. but those things are derailed because the quarterback that you brought in is no longer there and he's out for the year. And now you got to go back to what we witnessed last season. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, that's, rem- a rough, that's a rough it, place to be, man. It reminds me so much of 1999. After the Jets got in the AFC Championship game, had a 10-0 lead on the Denver Broncos in Denver. They were kicking their behind in that first game, in that first half of that football game. And I'm thinking, finally, I'll get a chance to witness the Super Bowl and having the ability to have the English language. Because the last day in the Super Bowl, I didn't have any command of the English language at two years of age. I'm thinking, this is going to be my time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's a 21-10 victory for Denver. And that next season, all that promise, bringing everybody back, Tester Verde, Keyshawn Johnson, Curtis Martin, running game, defense, yada, yada, yada. And then Tester Verde popped his Achilles in the second quarter of that game. And every Jets fan knew that season was over. That's how those Jets players felt two nights ago, two Monday nights ago, the same way that the Jets and fans fell back that way, that opening Sunday in 1999. It's the same but, thing. But, and, I, and I'll tell you this, even though the defense I thought played well, there's certain things that go on in a football game when you know you're deficient at the quarterback position mm-hmm. that you just have to do better. Like, 
go get the quarterback. We understand this defensive line is ferocious and they can do a lot of great things. They had played that game without a sack. When you have a chance to go get a pick six, which happened Absolutely. this past week and also against against Dallas, and I thought it altered, you know, could have could have changed both games. And you don't get that. You, mm-hmm. you got to be able to do that. You got to yeah. make those plays. You got to go above and beyond, not just searching for it. Right. But when plays are there to be made, you got to make. Those you got to make those plays because your margin of error through the New York Jets it is razor thin like a credit card. Anytime yep. you have a chance to make a play and you don't make it, you allow yourself to have the face decided by a guy that can't play quarterback. When it comes to Zach Wilson, and that is a fact. And there's no dispute about that with me when it comes to being a Jets fan in Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We may already have a question tonight if Joe Burrow's going to play for Cincinnati. What other questions and answers out there involving not one but two Monday night football games? Keep it here. That's next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a little reggae Monday on Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining the afternoon get down on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on Sirius XM Channel 80 and tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Oh, yeah, we're doing reggae Monday every Monday now. <laughs> There's no getting around that. We're doing reggae Monday every and I, Monday. And I now. love reggae, Freddie. My, uh, shout out to my father, Harry Douglas III, who listens uh-huh. to the show every single day. Thank you, Mr. Douglas. But he's the reason why I got so in tune with reggae. That's all he listened to growing yeah. up. It wasn't all he listened to, but it was the right. main thing. Yeah. You keep the main thing, the main thing. Absolutely. That was the main thing. It was funny. I started growing listening, up, reggae. I, I started listening to reggae when my mom and dad moved to Bushwick, Bushwick area in Brooklyn, New York. And our landlord was a West Indian descent. And he would have... West Indian parties every Friday, and he was a historian when it came to reggae music. And in that neighborhood, we were the only black family to live there, so everybody else was Spanish. Couldn't listen to Spanish music, couldn't understand it. Not trying to. Love salsa, though. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, love salsa. But reggae I was able to sink my teeth into, and it happened when I was about eight, nine years of age. And I remember the first time I brought a Bob Marley record home, my dad looked at me at, like I had six heads. He's like, what is this doing in my house? <laughs> then he started listening to it, and he got into it as well. Did, did y'all did y'all did y'all light incense in your house? We didn't do the incense, but <laughs> my dad, my yeah, dad, still yeah, to this day, yeah, yeah. we didn't do an incense. <laughs> incense. I'll, I'll mention an incident that happened, and my dad, you know, he would be working on people's cars and everything. And Tony, our landlord, will always have these parties each and every Friday and Saturday. So when you're ten years of age, 
you get that curiosity factor that seeps into your brain. So one night, I just decided to go downstairs and see what was going on. As a 10-year-old at a reggae blue light basement party, you have no business being down there because you're seeing things and you're seeing people <laughs> that you really shouldn't see. So my mind's completely blown at this point. Was there wood panel on the walls? Oh, there was paneling everywhere. His basement was massive and everything like that. And people getting that groove on and dancing real close and dancing real tight. And they had the Melodians were playing and Junior Marvin and all Peter Tosh and everything. So my dad had to drop off the rent that night. He said, I'm just going to go down and give it to Tony and give it to him. So he sees Tony behind the bar and say, here's the rent money, everything. And he looks and he sees this little peasy-headed boy in the corner <laughs> grooving to the music and you know you do something wrong and you lock guys with your parents and you know you're screwed so I'm thinking, you know what I'm just going to take flight because my dad could not have possibly seen me even though he made eye contact. I fly upstairs we like live three flights up, three flights above the basement party. My dad comes storming in like a damn stormtrooper in Star Wars the, my, mother, my mother's name is Matt Matty! Where's our son? She goes, he's in bed. No, he's not. He was downstairs in the basement at that party. My mom goes, what are you talking about? I put him in bed an hour ago. Well, he ain't in bed now. He was downstairs. <laughs> See, he comes screaming in my room. My son thought for the life of me that was going to be the last day I was going to be on planet because I got the beating of my life. The next day, my mother goes, was it really worth it to be down there? I looked at it 10 years of age. Yeah. For me, it was. <laughs> I said, you didn't see what I saw. I know that's right. <laughs> I said, believe me, Mom, it was worth it. When I saw it, getting a beat in my life, for me, getting that paddling, yeah, for me, it was definitely worth it. Is, <laughs> is Tony the number one landlord name in, in, in the country? Well, his name was Antonique. Oh, okay. It was short for Tony because he was originally from, he, he's from Martinique and his wife was from Jamaica, but his real name was Antonique, but they just called him Tony. But you're right, Tony seemed to be the common name for landlords. <laughs> Anthony, Tony, Antonio, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yes, matter. Tony's it's the number one the, It's all the same. The <laughs> it's said that Tony had it going on the parties every week compared to other Tony. So. A little John Del Mar. Exactly. Yeah, a little Rasta was going on. A little there. So, Rasta, yes. yeah. So we're doing Reggae Monday every Monday from now on. Just one, two, three. <laughs> not three, three. Three. T-R-E-E, not yeah. T-H-R-E-E. So those are questions and answers about how we were able to get into reggae as kids when it comes to Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. But we got two Monday Night Football games tonight. We may not have questions about their reggae tips, but we got questions about... Oh, my goodness! To the end zone, I like real! I've got some questions I want answers. NFL questions and answers. Oh, baby! Give me everything you got! With Freddie and Harry. All right, Harry, we got the first game. Rams versus Bengals. Rams 1-1, one one, Bengals 0-2, according to reports. It seems that Joe Burrow's going to try to give it a go. He's out there warming up for the game. Got started watching the game right now, seeing the warm-up right now between the Rams and the Bengals. All right, what do you know and what do you want to see? Well, I know that the Los Angeles Rams weren't the team a lot of us thought they were going to be coming into the season. Uh, what I need answered, how was the Cincinnati Bengals offense going to look tonight on Monday Night Football? They haven't looked like themselves in the first two weeks uh, of this season. Are they going to be able to put things together? Now, if Joe Burrow, uh, something happens and he's not able to go and finish this football game, I want to know what their backup quarterback is going to do. And also, right. office, from an offensive coordinator standpoint, is Joe Mixon going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting tonight? That's what I want to see from this football team. Here's what I know, that Matthew Stafford is going to continue to play well. And I know so far in the first part of the season, people wondered what that was going to look like. 
He may not have his Puka Nakua at wide receiver. He's dealing with an injury. He already has 266 receiving yards the first couple of games. But Matthew Stafford's been terrific, completing over 62% of his passes. He does have that touchdown. He's been running for his life, but he's played a lot better than people had anticipated. That's what I know. I'm with you. What I want to see is what Joe Burrow's going to look like. If he's going to give it a go, having a calf strain, it could oh, be— Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, man. I don't like it either. It could be even more serious than the Bengals are letting on or that Joe Burrow's putting out there. But putting him in harm's way like that, yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea when it comes to the Rams and the had, Bengals on Monday Night Football. I had a follow-up here. On the Bengals' offense, and we talked about it uh, what, last week with Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and his usage. How do you get him more involved, Harry? Is it just the go-routes? Is it getting the ball to him earlier? How do you get Jamar Chase, a weapon like that, involved earlier in the game? Well, I'll say if you're playing the Rams and let's say you come out and the corner is lined seven, eight yards off of the Jamar Chase, it's okay to just pick the ball up and throw it to him. Mm-hmm. Get them early touches. Get them yeah. get them involved with, within the screen game because I think one of the things that I felt when it came to Cincinnati and their offense is that they need to be more creative. Right. Even though you have those dudes at the wide receiver position, man, it's make it easy on guys. Line them up in a stack position. Motion them. Have the defense not just say, you know what, this way this guy's going to line up. Let's see what we can play defensively to stop what they're doing. Like, be more creative. I know it's probably not tonight. It's not going to be the thing. But pick the ball up and just give it to him. Give him early catches so he feel like he's in the groove. If you have a home run hitter, he can't hit home runs if he does not get at bats. You got yep. a home run hitter in Jamar Chase. You can't allow him to be sacrificed for. You got to find a way. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care if it's Joe Burrow. I don't care if it's the backup. I don't care if you bring Ken Anderson out of retirement. You got to find somebody that can get him the ball quickly and get him the ball early. You can't have a home run hitter if he's got his bat on his shoulder in the dugout. And that's why Jamar Chase saying, look, you give me the ball, you see what I can do. Do it early, late, and often, but make sure you get that home run hit of his at bats because he's going to need it tonight. And two years ago when Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans in that playoff game, that was a game where they were just picking the ball up and just throwing it to Jamar mm. Chase, and he made the corner miss for an explosive play one time, but that's the big playability to run after the catch that Jamar Chase actually has because his right. lower body strength is there. So that's the first Monday night game we got questions and answers about when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals looking at Joe Burrow before the game getting started. Working on that calf strain that he's dealing with, it looks like he's going to try to give it a go at quarterback tonight for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, when it comes to questions and answers regarding Eagles at 2-0 and Tampa Bay 2-0, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw Tampa Bay being a 2-0 football team. And my week three bold prediction, I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Just got a sense it could be right, it could be wrong. But what's the biggest question in terms of what do you know and what are you going to see tonight, Harry, involving this game? I'll say what I know is that the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to be in a thick of things towards the end of the season. Um, what I want to see tonight is if this football team is going to put, be able to put all three phases together for the first time this year. Can the offense be balanced? Can special teams be on point? Can the defense not give up so so many yards in the middle of the football field because that's the deficiency on that defense? I want to see can they be able to put it together. I also want to see I got two what I need answers tonight. Okay. Can Baker Mayfield continue this? Uh-huh. Right? Because now you're going against a pass rush. You haven't turned the football over yet. But we do know from his history in the National Football League, he's turnover prone. Will that Philadelphia Eagles defense tonight make Baker Mayfield turn the football over? Something that we have been accustomed to seeing from him in the past. Here's what I know. Philadelphia's going to run the football. They got loose of the football a little bit early on in terms of game one versus the Patriots. In the second half of that game two on Thursday Night Football against 
against the Minnesota Vikings, they said, look, what do we do best? We run the football. Everything else is predicated off of that. That's what I know what we're going to see. They're going to run football. Here's what I can't wait to see. Not Baker Mayfield so much doing it again. Can this Buccaneers defense play like that? They're going against an Eagles team that can hit you on the outside, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They can get the tight end running down to St. Dallas Goddard. But they believe in being physically brutal and tougher than you running the football. This Buccaneers team has shown they can get after it. You want to have a fist fight? They roll up their sleeves and get with it. You want to have a bar fight? They, they break the ball in the bar and they're coming at you. Yeah. I can't wait to see exactly how that happens because that's what it's going to look like tonight. With their offensive line of Philadelphia and the front seven of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's going to have that street fight feel involving both of these two. I want to see exactly how the Buccaneers defense, that front seven, can stand up. Well, I'll say this right now. You look at Tampa. Tampa's the number one team in the NFC South. How many people would have thought that? They're the only undefeated team left. The Falcons lost this weekend. The New Orleans Saints lost this weekend. Right. Tampa's sitting there with the goose egg in the, in the loss column. So let's see if that continues, them winning, or are all three of those teams going to be tied for first place after the night? Yeah, I can't wait to see how that's going to look like with Baker Mayfield on one side and Jalen Hurts on the other side because Baker Mayfield, he feels like a man that has been completely refreshed. What's so funny, by the way? Who's in your ear? Both, Shannon and Devin. <laughs> Why? Both what, of them. What are they doing? What are you two doing? That's what ah! <laughs> I also like to see Harry busting out laughing, and I see I see two evil grins on the faces of Shannon Penn and Devin Kane. Then I look at them like, well, what what do we do? Well, we didn't do anything. Yeah, Listen, we, we, we'll look and see if the Buccaneers can stay undefeated, or if they lose, they'll be tied for first place in the NFC South. Like, like how I put it in there. Wow. Yeah, like he's, wow. he, he's he totally passed. He's really he sad inside too. Losing. Yeah, yeah, he's sad. That's why this music's going right now. Rivalries run silent, but they run deep, <laughs> especially in. All I, all, all I know is that if the Buccaneers lose tonight, uh-huh. the Falcons are still in first place in their division. Mm-hmm. That's all talk, I know. Talk about backing into you know prosperity. I'm not saying I want the Bucks to lose. I want to see a great game. But let's sure. just say if they happen to lose, yeah, if it just happens, if it's it, you're not you're not planning for it. But if it's offered, no, not at all. If it's offered, you'll buy it. You're not looking. You're not shopping in the store. But if it's offered, you'll buy it. I'm waking up tomorrow. And I, and, I, and, and I have, I'm going to have a great day. Okay. We'll I'm see. waking up tomorrow and I'm going to have a great day. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's Harry <laughs> Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining the afternoon. Get down. Known as Freddie and Harry. Always hit us up on Twitter. Harry's handle at HDouglas83. My handle at Coleman ESPN. If you put Zach Wilson's lack of success with a very upset Joe Namath, you know what you get? A five-letter word called ether. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a reggae Monday on the afternoon get down known as Freddie and Harry. You got Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. What did Bill Belichick have to say about the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey being quite the man and woman now? You're going to hear about that in a couple of minutes. But Joe Namath, he was quite the man. Jets Hall of Fame quarterback. On the Michael K. Show earlier today on 98.7 ESPN Radio in New York. He didn't go ham on Zach Wilson and the Jets for picking him. He went pig 
on the Jets and Zach Wilson for being picked by them. I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made the wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there. Sitting down, throwing the book. It's ridiculous. You've got the wrong people playing and picking them. He picked these people. Douglas picked these people. What's he going to do? Get rid of everybody. What are you going to start over? Uh, Mr. Johnson, hey, these guys aren't picking the right players. They're not doing a good job of coaching. It's evident. I mean, you've you got to look and see if you have an eye about football at all. You see things are haywire. It's too crazy. They need to fix it, and that's getting rid of a lot of people and bringing new ones in. Retizing from the NFL Network put on Twitter, he said, Zach Wilson has officially broken Joe Namath. <laughs> but I, I will say this Broadway Joe probably feels like he can only sit back for so long and watch what he's mm-hmm. been watching Yeah. so for him because you know it doesn't matter how long ago you played like it's all a fraternity right so for him to come out Mm-hmm. And and make that statement in the manner that he made it in. Yeah, he he one hundred percent feels that way. Yeah, he bleeds green and white, and yeah. he's sick and tired of seeing a team that had that kind of potential. And an Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays in, and then all of a sudden you look up and you got to go back to Zach Wilson again. And then the results were just like the other ones from the previous two years. You can clearly understand why Joe Namath feels broken by seeing Zach Wilson in his Jets green and white mm, uniform. Yep ever again. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. So there's always good news, but there's also... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. Even Bill Belichick, Patriots head coach, had a chance to be asked about the romance that's sweeping the nation. Taylor Swift, the, the country music superstar, really the music superstar, and Travis Kelsey, who has blown up a lot in the last year, even before and then after they won the Super Bowl as the Kansas City Chiefs tied in. On the Greg Hill Show on 93.7 FM WEEI in Boston, Bill Belichick did not back away from pop culture. Who knew? Taylor Swift was in attendance to watch Travis Kelsey's game with his mom in the box. Seems like they may be the new it couple. Where do you fall on that? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL. Well, I would say that Travis Kelsey's had a lot. Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the biggest. Who knew that Bill Belichick was going to do a stand-up comedy to a Bill Byrne, Dave Chappelle after the season? I love it. That means Bill Belichick is in tune with what's going on right now. Oh yeah, out there in the world. Him. As Mike Greenberg said on Get Up today, the most unfunny person that you've probably ever known or don't know, know got in touch with that funny when it comes to Bill Belichick. How, how long do you think before people start getting sick of that whole thing? Are they? Aren't they? How long? Will they last? Will they not last? How long do you think that's going to take for people I mean, to get sick of that? I mean, in the world that we live in where people, for some odd and apparent reason, doesn't want to see greatness, uh, <laughs> probably soon. <laughs> no, just, that's just the world we live in. Know. You know, our world feeds off negativity. So that's if true. we see those two not hanging out or something going wrong, mm-hmm. people are going to feast off that. I would never understand that because I don't live my life hoping for stuff like that. I almost said another word. I know. I know. You almost said another word. Joe Namath almost said another word about Zach Wilson and his lack of abilities. But that's just reality, man. That's the it world is. we live in now. And, and both of those two clearly understand that. I mean, not yep. just being invited and showing up. 
But in the luxury suite, man, I like Mama a, Kelsey. Let's effing go. I know. Talk your noise, Taylor. Talk your noise. Next to Mama Kelsey. But here's the thing that got me. I seen yeah. pictures on the internet of them, you know, riding off in, in Kelsey's car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of them old schools sitting on them things. Yeah. Yeah. When I mean sitting on them things, that means sitting on them rims, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He, he, <laughs> he's the kind of guy to have an old school deuce in the quarter. Drop top. Have tricked out or a Delta 88. Yeah. I can see Travis Kelsey doing something like that. I can Taylor, clearly. Taylor just in that thing relaxing. Mm-hmm. Like, With her new boo. <laughs> We're going to never, ever. Boo thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, another news. Today is National Daughters Day, and you got a bunch of girl dads here. When you got Shannon Penn and his daughter, Shannon. You got your beautiful daughter, although you said she's like you. So in terms of personality, good luck with that. <laughs> hey, no, listen, baby girl, baby girl don't play. And um, I would say this, man, because she yeah. wanted me to go eat lunch with her today. Uh-huh. And I couldn't because I told her, like, that's when we do our baseline and everything. So right. I want to appreciate y'all, man, for yeah. allowing me to, Absolutely. you know, go eat with my daughter tomorrow. Yeah. She's really looking forward to it. That's 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 my world right there now. Yeah, you can't get stink eye from a seven-year-old. It does not land well for you. Yeah, she wasn't happy with me this morning. Yeah, not, I want to say not happy National Daughter Day to my daughter, Brianna Marie Coleman, who's hanging out, probably listening to the show. And we always appreciate being girl dads because girls do run the world but if you have the proper dad that can help them do that you can't only imagine how that's going to really take root and make things just better so national daughter day to all daughters here part of freddie and harry we got amber and ian coming up next they'll get you ready for not one but two Monday night football games involving the eagles and buccaneers and the rams and Bengals. for harry dogs i'm freddie coleman this has been freddie and harry and the mighty espn radio take care god bless and as always keep cool somebody gotta get bit <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.